Hey everybody, I'm David Bach. I want to welcome you back to Bach Talk. If you haven't watched any of the previous Bach Talks, you still can. We've got the links below here. You can check those out. This is a very special Bach Talk. I have a big announcement that I'm very proud and excited to make, which is that this week as I sit here right now, AE Wealth Management is about to go through $2 billion on the platform. And wow. that, wow, right? I mean, that's like, a, it's a huge accomplishment in a very short period of time. And that's really a testament to the huge, incredible team at A Wealth Management that has worked their tail off and also advisors excel. And so I want to thank you guys for all the hard work. And then our advisors, um, and David Callahan reached out to me and said, David, when you make this $2 billion announcement, we need to have our biggest teams transition on this, on this interview. And so Roger Ford, my understanding is you are the biggest transition that we have done the most successfully in the shortest period of time. So congratulations to you and your team. And my goal today is, first of all, thank you. I want to acknowledge you for, for coming on board. And really, would love to dig in today with you and your team on how you did this transition. I'm looking at the numbers here. I'll be very specific, and I'm sure they're because they're a couple weeks old that you're even past this. But the number I have is $63,397,825,000 so far has been brought over to the platform. And you started that in May, and this was given to me in July. So, um, I can wow. actually update those. I can update those a little bit for you because we just had our Monday morning meeting. Yeah. As of August 11th, we've moved over um, 64 million wow. 783581, um, and we've got over 49 million traded and we've got another 15 million we're working on getting traded. So we've got a little over 75% traded. Now, David, wow. um, so now, now, um, I, now I get to do the wow, right? Right, right. The other thing too, David, and I don't know if David Callanan told you this or not, but we had a significantly, um, a significant size of a broker dealer book as well that we are, we moved simultaneously uh, and that's somewhere between, we don't have an exact figure yet, but before we started to move it, it was another 25 to 30 million. Okay. So, so that's, I've got down here that you have 650 households. I mean, that is a huge book of business to move in 90 days. Um, yeah. again, congratulations. How, so can you talk to us about how you did that? Like what, well, actually before you go into the, the nitty gritty, let, how, and, and compared to how you hoped it would go. What, has it been more successful than you expected it to be? Where, where did it fall in the parameter of what you imagined the process to be like? Well, we, we knew that it was going to be a huge undertaking, huge. And uh, so we did a lot of prep work in advance. Um, one of the things that I did do that I found hugely beneficial is that I had watched the uh, Ryan and Ryan tapes over and over and over and what I did is I, I made notes and I did bullet points. And what I was doing is Ryan and Ryan's business is a little bit different than mine, as is everybody's business. So right. I was trying to glean um, bullet points that would relate to our business. So I created some bullet points that related to our business for doing prep work for the transition. I don't know how much nuts and bolts you want, but one of the first things that I would like to point out for those that are watching this tape is um, number one is um, you do not want to use any email communication that goes through Smarsh 
because if you're with another relationship, they're watching uh, the emails that go through Smarsh. And so what we did is we set up a Gmail email address for the transition for communicating with AE Wealth Management. So you want to make sure that you're very, very uh, good about doing that and not running anything through Smarsh because you want to be able to pick when you pull the trigger. You don't want um, your former relationship saying, hey, we notice you're leaving, so we're going to terminate you. So that was key number one. And then key number two is we paid attention to our former relationships um, schedule for when they pay commission. So we tried to time this so that we would miss the least amount of commission. We would down the least amount of commission. So then once we figured those two things out, we picked a date about 45 days out uh, that was going to be our target date for pulling the plug. And uh, the reason why 45 days is we wanted to have uh, a good amount of time to contact um, our clients that are A-pluses and so forth mm -hmm. versus those that are less. And what we did and what the team did that made this huge was they actually divided our client base into red, white, and blue. And I have my team here at the table, although you might not be able to see them, they're right beyond the computer screen here, and they can give a few details on that. But by dividing them into uh, red, white, and blue, the clients that were red, we wanted to make sure that we saw them face-to-face. -face. So we picked a date, I think it was May 4th, was it, or yeah. something like that, May 4th, <laughs> a Thursday, to pull the plug. So what our team did is they called all of our A-plus clients in um, April to say, hey, Roger needs to see you in May. It's important. But we were limited as to what we could say. But we wanted to make sure that we saw our A-plus clients face-to-face. -face. There were 73 that fell into the red category. And I'm happy to tell you that we retained 100% of those 73. Wow, congratulations. Right. And then on the whites um, that we – and the, what was the range on assets? A, 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 a red client was a million or more, okay? In a, is that right? No, a red client was our A pluses and everybody with more than 350000 of AUM. Okay. And then our white clients, what were they? They were our, um, our normal A clients, our normal B clients, but they were the ones that were left over that didn't have – the 350000 threshold, they didn't meet that level of AUM. So for those, we sent paperwork through the mail. We did use UPS. UPS has a reusable UPS envelope, so we sent the paperwork through the mail for signature and or initials. Mm -hmm. They had an opportunity of just filling it in and sending it back, but we also gave them an opportunity to come in for a group meeting. And uh, for that group meeting, we had two people here from AE Wealth Management, and we also had one person here from Sterling for conducting the group meetings. The vast majority of the whites, and there were 151 of them, simply signed the paperwork, sent it back. We, only, we didn't have that many that wanted to come into the group meeting, but we did do the group meetings, and we did them on two days. I think it was a Thursday and a Friday, correct? And what were the times, Jennifer? June 1st and 2nd. 
I'm sorry, June 1st and 2nd. Four sessions each day, two in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one in the evening. And so we did and those and sessions. Did, Roger, you did those with Sterling, right? Sterling brought their team in. We did in. those with Sterling, and we also had AE Wealth Management. Uh, Tim Sargent from Sterling did the meeting, and he was awesome. And what I want to tell you is of the 151 white clients, um, we've we retained 150. There's one individual out there that I'm sure we will get, but he's one of those guys that's super-duper busy with a super-duper travel schedule yeah. that wants to come in and see us, but we just haven't been able to crisscross. But either way, of 151, we retained 150. Wow. So that was awesome. And then for the blues, uh, there were 337. Uh, we've got 279 of those back. Now, they simply were sent paperwork to sign, initial, and get back. They weren't given an opportunity for a one-on-one. -on -one. They weren't given an opportunity for a group meeting. Now, if they would request something, we would honor it. But for most of them, they simply uh, just signed the paperwork and sent it back. So of the 561 households that we had, we've had 502 return. We're tracking down or chasing 59. And um, of uh, those 561, 435 are Madison Avenue. The rest are AUM through AE Wealth Management. And we've got 397 of those over to Madison Avenue. So we've got about 38 more to chase down for Madison Avenue. And that's as of August 14, 2017. So we're extremely pleased with where we are. It's fantastic. So, so let me dig into the red clients for a second because I'm just curious. You, you did those meetings face-to-face. -face. Those were not group meetings. Were those one-on-one -on -one appointments? Those were one-on-one -on -one appointments. Yeah, and we did 12-hour days, guys. I mean, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I have two sons in the business with me that are young pups in their 20s. They came to me and said we were going to be doing 12-hour days with, for getting these folks in as fast as we can. And, of course, you know, I, I was like the gray matter said, oh, you can do this. But then about Wednesday of the very first week, I was the body was starting to say, uh, no, you can't. But we had them all <laughs> scheduled already, so we made sure we followed through. Good for you. And I can't emphasize, for your, for your best clients, you need to see them face-to-face. -face. What did you say? So least we did. Talk to me about those face-to-face meetings. What did you say to them in that face-to-face -face meeting? We, I told you I had listened to the Ryan Ryan tapes and uh, had developed some bullet points, but, but just to point out some of the key things, and, and there were many bullet points, but some of the key things is, and I'm just reading from the bullet points here, I'm looking at my notes, but basically we have some exciting news to share with you today. Part of our job as your wealth advisor is to be constantly on the lookout for best pricing, best services, and best-in-class management. And so those were the three main bullet points that we concentrated on. We had a brief, and I mean it was a brief um, slideshow presentation PowerPoint. Now, it's going to be different for different folks, but the name of my company is Conservative Financial Solutions. So I always emphasize why we're conservative. The second PowerPoint was just simply AE Wealth Management. We talked about taking them on as a strategic partner and why we took them on. 
And then the next slide showed Riskalyze and Orion, and we took them through Riskalyze. It was the first time that we were using Riskalyze, so that was kind of unique. And then we talked to them about Orion, and the reason why that was important is so that we can provide consolidated statements that not only show their fixed investments, but their uh, AUM investments. The next slide was just about Sterling, which was our second strategic partner, strategic relationship we took on and why we took them on. Uh, we went over the Sterling PowerPoint about drawing on the breadth of the experience, uh, managing, you know, over um, 55 billion, I think it's over 60 billion now, yeah. the number of employees having 60 CFAs, chartered financial analysts. Then we went over a diverse set of clients. We highlighted just one of their funnels for picking uh, institutional money managers and then ongoing monitoring. And then after that, we were back to our conservative financial solutions slide. Any questions, sign here. How long did the whole presentation went, take on average? This little one I just went through? Yeah. It took, what, five minutes or less? It was short. It was sweet. It was the deal where they know us. They trust us. Yeah. And um, and then, like I said, um, it was really short. The thing that took the longest was Riskalyze. Interesting. That makes sense. You, you guys yeah. go through the questions and really ask them. Did, I, so I'm curious, too, about something for a second. When you went through Riskalyze <laughs> and you start to reallocate these portfolios, did anything change? Did you actually talk to clients where they they realize they need to be more conservative right now than they were? No, that that actually didn't come up that way. What happened with the uh, with the Riskalyze is um, prior to that, we used what we call an RTQ, a risk tolerance questionnaire, and basically on the risk tolerance questionnaire, I would always tell clients, hey you know, um, we're going to add this up when you're done. Typically, about 80% of folks will fall conservative or moderate. Mm -hmm. And our former relationship had already developed a conservative model, moderate growth, you know, aggressive growth. It was institutional because they monitor the, the portfolios. But the difference with risk allies, as we explained to them, it's about putting emotion into the questions and the answers. Uh, AE Wealth Management advised us to go with the alpha portfolios initially for mapping over, so that's what we did. And so Riskalyze worked really well for us because we would simply get to a risk number and we told the client that's, just, that's at the point where we just have a conversation. We did pay attention to how they fell before versus where they were falling with the Riskalyze number. Um, a lot of folks fell pretty much where they fell previously, but, you know, would go into a more uh, customized model that was put together by Sterling. The they, nice they, thing question, they, they questioned very little. Right. And also, the nice thing is, too, now you've papered it all over again. And you've got yeah. a paper trail that you've gone back and done all this due diligence once again. Which portfolios are you using, and what was the secret to getting the money allocated so quickly? Because that's another thing. It's not just that you brought it over but you've reallocated it. So what portfolios are you using right now of the institutional alpha portfolios? Which ones are you using? And how did you get the money allocated so quickly? 
Um, I'm going to let Spencer answer uh, the more common portfolios uh, that we're using, and then mm -hmm. I'm going to um, let Cindy Lay, who is my operations manager, share with you about how we got things traded so quickly. Awesome. So, Spencer, go ahead and what were the, what were the more common portfolios? So, like Roger was saying, is we just really just latched on to the alpha for anything over $25,000 and then the ETF models for anything over ten. And, um, you know, if they fell uh, more conservative, we used income primary. If they fell a little bit more conservative, but not exactly, you know, full on into the moderate category, we used income and growth and basically so on and so forth. For moderate, we used the balance. For growth, we used the growth. I mean, it's just pretty straightforward. Yep. Um, where they get to a risk number, we got great guidance from AE Wealth Management about, you know, hey, it's uh, it's kind of easy to put someone in a lesser, uh, you know, with a, in a more conservative portfolio than it is to bump someone up a couple notches to an aggressive portfolio. So we paid attention to that. They kind of explained, hey, you got about five points in either direction when you're trying to choose a portfolio close to a risk number. And we just went from there. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just really straightforward. If they fell conservative, you just use the conservative portfolio. If they fell more growth, then you just use the growth portfolio. No reason to complicate it. Riskalyze makes it very, very easy. Now, as far as the trading goes and so forth, I'll ask Cindy Lay to uh, discuss uh, that process, that procedure. Um, you're going to learn real quick, David, that um, I'm a big picture guy. I'm not nuts and bolts, so it's kind of like I'm, I always say I'm the pretty face in front of the client, and I have a great office team that does all well, the back you're, office. You're, you're a pretty face with a pretty shirt on, by the way. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, today is casual day for us, okay? We had no public appointments today, so you caught me off guard with this call because I can, I can tell you're a little dressed up, so. I, but, I, I, I dressed up for you today, so. You know. thank you. Well, <laughs> do notice it's a logo shirt, okay? So it's not too casual. Um, Cindy, if you don't mind, go into the, I guess it's an Excel spreadsheet or a trade sheet or something or whatever that um, uh, AE Wealth Management turned us on to. So go ahead, I'll let you explain that. Um, AE Wealth Management came up with a Excel spreadsheet. Um, it's called a Journal and Allocation Spreadsheet. And we list all of the account numbers and the registrations of the account. Um, we take into consideration if the client is receiving a systematic withdrawal, and that's the account that we want to keep open. Um, so we mark that on the spreadsheet as well. Um, and then AE will actually journal the money to the account that we want to keep open. So whichever portfolio uh, Roger or Spencer have allocated it to, that also goes onto the spreadsheet. Um, and then we send that over to AE once a week, and then they allocate it per our request. Got it. You know, there's, other, one, there's one other thing I want to point out to fellow uh, advisors that might be watching this. Okay, What's nice if you use this spreadsheet that's provided to you by AE Wealth Management, whatever you put on that spreadsheet, Okay, uh, if an error is made that's different than what you have on the spreadsheet, it's not on your shoulders, it's on AE Wealth Management's shoulders. And they will make good if they bought something they shouldn't have bought. 
And so that's been really good. And the other thing is the Excel spreadsheet does allow for you to put specific instructions on there. So, for example, in our area, uh, we're in a small town, but our nearest big city is um, Cincinnati, which is home office for Procter and Gamble. So we have a lot of clients that have P&G stock. So if you specifically put on the Excel spreadsheet, hey, the stock is to be held and not sold, and they accidentally sell it, um, which happened not with P&G stock but with somebody else's stock, they made good on that. So use their Excel spreadsheet, be very detailed, and then the risk is not on your shoulders. To, to right. be clear, it, it was caught before any mistakes were made. Yeah. So that we haven't had any mistakes. That's, and that, that's so, the goal of Excel spreadsheets, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's correct. And we call those we call those um, accounts out in yellow on the spreadsheet. So once we send that, it stands out for them as well. Got it. Okay. So let me go back because we did go into the weeds there a little bit, but I'd love to go back to, I guess, high level for a second and, and just sort of like psychology, if you will. What was it that made you make the decision to make a switch? Because there's a lot of, a lot of as you, you know, when you hear all the work that you just did and the emotional process to make, it, make a change like this, what was it that finally made you guys say as a team, we're going to do this? We're going to come over to A Wealth Management and make the switch. All right. Now, David, you know I'm going to have to tiptoe through the tulips on the, the answer for this, okay? Um, uh, the former relationship that we were in got gobbled up by another relationship, and then there were lots of changes that were being made by the company that did the gobbling up. And um, we did not like a lot of the changes that were being made. Also, the former relationship was not coming up with a uh, consolidated statement solution that was satisfactory for us because they were ignoring the fixed piece of the equation, mm -hmm. which is a big, big, big portion of what we do, which is primarily the fixed indexed annuity piece. They were only interested in providing a consolidated statement for uh, AUM. And then also for the AUM side of the equation, um, there were some issues with performance on some portfolios and so forth. Um, service, um, you know, had, um, in our opinion, had uh, gone down, and a lot of the relationships that we had with our former relationship, all of a sudden you would call and you would ask for so-and-so, and so-and-so -and -so was no longer there. And so we just felt like that it went from a relationship to that we were a number. And um, the biggest issue was service, because they are an extension of us. They're our back office. Sure. And uh, it just no longer was the back office that it once was. The other thing, too, is I've been with Advisors Excel on the fixed side, the FMO side, not since their inception, but uh, shortly thereafter. And they, as, as you know, David, are second to none. And I fully expect the AE Wealth Management side also to be second to none. Uh, I've come to know David, Derek, and Cody through the years, and uh, you might have to edit this, but I've never known them to do anything half-ass. 
No, or half-butted in case you need to half, edit it. Half-butted. I appreciate that. I know, you know, it's funny. I bet you anything compliance doesn't let that get through. We're not even able to beep anymore. So, so maybe they'll use the half-butted part, and Emily will have to do the editing on that. But, you know, I appreciate you sharing with that so openly because I think it's, it's just helpful to hear what it is that you had to go through and think through to make a decision like you made. So thank you for, for all that insight. Um, and I'm sure Derek and Cody and David will be also super appreciative to hear what you just said. So yeah. I appreciate that. Um, talk to me a little bit on a different, we'll go like talk about family for a second. I know you've got your, your sons in the business. That's going to make you as a father, super proud. I was on your website and I thought, you know, as a dad to have your two sons in the business is, is a huge thing. I know we have a lot of family businesses at a wealth management and also at advisors Excel. I came from a family business, my father and my sister. What was that like for you as a dad uh, getting your kids in the business? How did you do it, by the way? How did you get your sons into the business? You know, I can tell two different stories. I'm going to ask Spencer to tell one of them here in just a moment. But here's what I want to tell you. I never pushed the business on any of my children. And by the way, I have five children, okay? But I've never pushed the business on any of them. But however, when Austin first expressed an interest, I was absolutely thrilled and then when Spencer expressed an interest, I was equally thrilled. And the reason why is I started this business 32 years ago out of the trunk of my car where I would drive 50 miles to pick up a $50 check and lose more money in gas than I was going to make in commission to build the business. And then fast forward 32 years later, you know, I'm an overnight success, but it was a long overnight, okay? Okay. But as far as um, them coming in the business, Spencer can kind of tell you um, that he was kind of groomed indirectly, as were all of our children, because I, I love my wife and I love my kids, but I tell everybody that I'm a boring guy. I have zero hobbies. I read financial books with a yellow highlighter in my hand. So literally when I was reading them a bedtime story, I was reading a financial book. My wife would yell at me and tell me how awful that was. And I would say to her, it's not what you're reading. It's the tone of voice you use <laughs> while you're reading. So anyway, uh, Spencer, I'll let him chime in, but he can tell you a little bit of a story about that. So we, we, I don't know what you're referring to. Well, it's about how I made the decision to yeah. come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's kind of interesting. I don't know how long you want this to be. Um, short of, yeah, yeah. Can, can you out of high school, camera? I actually. Uh, can you turn the camera to Spencer for one second? Is that possible? I can. Okay. Yes, I can. Let's see. Let's see the handsome young man here. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, actually, out of high school, I wanted to be a pastor. I was a youth minister for seven years. So I got my BA in biblical studies, stayed and got my master's of arts in counseling, and was. An addiction therapist for a couple of years, I uh, helped run a um, residential facility for people who had co-occurring disorders. They'd have a drug problem and also a mental illness as well. So that was extremely challenging. And um, when I was making the decision, or when I was, when I was getting ready to get married, um, just thinking about the kind of life I wanted to have and everything, um, the way I was after work every single day after doing that for two years um, wasn't just the way I wanted to be when I got home from work, especially in my married life. So I started talking to Roger more about the business, what he does. My ultimate goal was just to have a career where I could help people make a difference in somebody's life. And I, you know, when I was younger, I didn't put the, the connection together of what he actually did. Not older, 
I got a more clear understanding. And so, um, you know, decided I wanted to make that leap and it was an opportunity to help people make a difference in their lives. And so I, uh, you know, I did that. Um, one of the things that we, uh, um, uh, do in, do in the office, I don't know, um, if I, if, you know, we kind of joke around about this, but I call him dad, um, at home. I call him Roger in the office. So I can't remember how I referred to him if I referred to him as Roger or dad. You just did um, Roger. But, yeah. So, uh, so that's why I referred to him as Roger because I'm in the office. And so, uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, turn that switch on and off. But that's, that's really kind of my story um, about how I kind of uh, came into the business. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that. Let me turn the camera back to Roger for a second. And then let me let me ask you know, a question. I, I, I don't I, did, I want to say one thing. I don't want to slight my other son. Um, Austin uh, started straight out of uh, college. He's got his uh, business degree from the University of Cincinnati. He's not here today. He, he, he's on a, a little vacation week. So otherwise, I'd have you say hello to him as well. But I don't want to I don't want to have him left out of the well, conversation. That's fair. You, you guys should have a little picture of him. And you can put it up in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask, you know, a couple, I guess, last questions for you. And I really appreciate, you know, the detail that you've gone in on all of this. Um, one of the things they told me is that you, that you don't do a lot of seminars. Is that correct? That's not, that's not how you market that your business comes a lot from referrals. Is that, is that true? Yes and no. What happened was we brought Jenna Rainey in as a consultant, and I can't even remember how many years ago it was, but we were hitting a glass ceiling. We were hitting the the million-dollar glass ceiling. We were yep. trying to break through that million-dollar commission mark, and we just weren't doing it. And at that time, I was on the seminar, you know, um, hamster wheel, and that was I was doing seminars every month for the public. And Jennifer came in, and at that point, I had never done a client appreciation event. Uh, we just, Jennifer, uh, this is a different Jennifer. We just completed um, our, which, what year of it? We just completed our eighth annual client appreciation event. Um, so what Jenna Rainey taught us was um, that you need to drill down deeper with the existing relationships that you have. So now about 70% or so of our of our new relationships come from existing relationships. I still do public seminars because I'm addicted. I love them. I love doing them. I'm not one of those advisors that hates doing them. But we only do about maybe three or four a year or three or four months okay. out of the year. Uh, the rest of the time, we're either doing a VIP event, an educational event, um, you know, we're recognizing our clients and, you know, our existing relationships in some manner. And, and 100% of that credit goes to Jenna Rainey. And we did break through that glass ceiling and, um, you know, we hit another glass ceiling and then we called upon, uh, I'll give Mike Meek a plug as well. And he helped us get through that second uh, glass ceiling. And um, right now, Mike Meek's going to start coaching again after the first of the year to uh, take us even beyond that. So, I mean, that's really, I love hearing how you've used the different parts of the firm to really help you grow your business. With 70% of your clients coming from referrals, is there anything specific that you're doing 
that you think is leading to those referrals or is it all of it? Is it, you know, we're doing these VIP events and we're smothering our clients and we categorize them or is there one thing? Is there, is, is there a magic bullet that's led to more referrals than others? I don't know, Jennifer, what would you say to that question? I would say it's really a combination of everything, but I think when you consider all of those resources, it really boils down to our wealth advisors' investment in serving their clients and creating a good foundation and a good relationship. Those other things help to solidify that and really offer what our clients are looking for. And David, to give you a real minor thing, and I, I preach this all the time to our team, and that is this. Um, send a card. Their dog died. Send a card. They moved into a new house. Send a card. If they're taking the vacation of their life, send a card. What I'm saying is what I tell them all the time. I say the Merrill Lynch's of the world can't do that. The wirehouses can't do that. So if you're on the phone with a client or even a prospect for any reason whatsoever, if you can figure out a way or a reason to send a card, send a card. Now, we've grown to the point where I can't always put a personal note in those cards, so I'm selective about who I put a personal note in the card with. But, you know, we send a card. There's so many different types of marketing that we do. And then, God forbid, if somebody loses a loved one, we always send a card and we make a donation. Uh, we do a, a drawing once a month that the clients can send in their information to be in the drawing. Now, it, you know, it's a basket that might be worth 50 bucks of goods or something. But the biggest thing about that is it's allowing us to stay current with their email addresses. It's allowing us to stay current if they've moved or something. And then they're also free to forward that to their friends, you know, neighbors, relatives, or whatever. So we're, we do retirement baskets, and when we do a retirement basket, whoever's retiring, we call the spouse that's not retiring to gather personal information, oh. to personalize that retirement basket. Um, we're starting this month, I think this week, in fact, something that's called Lunch and Learns, and uh, our very first one is on um, Medicare, you know, health care that's real important to clients. Uh, we also have a relationship with a lady who can do testing for those that are getting ready to retire to show them what they're naturally gifted for so that they don't retire to the couch and die, but they right. actually can have a fulfilling life uh, in retirement. And so, you know, we're always looking for something new to do. We get huge information from Advisors Excel. Go to the journeys network, go to whatever, go to the pre-journey network, okay, talk to different people, ask them what they're doing, uh, you know, we try to pick up as much information, be as much of a sponge as we can, and then we target it to our business, we're in a small town west of Cincinnati, what works in Houston isn't going to work in our small town, but there's lots of things that we can tweak and customize that do work in our small town. It's as I as I hear you saying these things, it's interesting to me because what you're really talking about is really the core of this business, which is that you really build deep personal relationships with your clients. So you can do that in a small we do. town. 
you can do that in a small town, you can do that in a big town. When you made the comment about the warehouses can't do this, it's not that they can't do it, it's that they don't do it. So, so most advisors just don't do what you're doing to build that deep personal relationship. The, the re- retirement basket idea I love. How long have you been doing the customized retirement baskets? Oh, my goodness. I can't even remember. What would you say? I'm looking at Jennifer, my marketing coordinator. I would say probably 10 years at least. Yeah, ever since Jenna's come in. That's awesome. Well, you guys guys are incredible. I'm assuming that you're going to be a journey then? Uh, Spencer and I are going to go to Journey. Austin's going to stay uh, uh, home here at the office and hold the fort down. But he promised us he would watch some of the streaming that comes in. We'll have to wait and see. Good. Well, I will see you at Journey. Thank you so much for doing this interview, for you guys taking this time. Uh, This is longer than we normally do, but you had a lot to cover. So just really appreciate the detail that you went into. And, again, thank you for the business. We appreciate you over AA Wealth Management. and. Uh, proud of you guys, really. I salute you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'd like to con- close just with one comment or get it in, and that is is that there is no way that I would have been able to do this without the awesome team that I have. They make me look good, and I appreciate them tremendously. Let me do a little panorama here real quick. Yes. You, ready? <laughs> you ready? Here yeah. we go. Let's see. This is Cindy Lay, my marketing, my my operations manager. This is Jennifer. She's my uh, marketing coordinator. This is Karen. She's the quiet one, but you always have to watch out for quiet one. This is her sidekick. The other quiet one, Jill. All right. You already met Spencer. And thank you. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, I hope, you'll, I, hope you, I hope your whole team gets to watch this great interview, and uh, I'm going to make sure that our whole team does. So keep up the great work. I'll look forward to seeing your journey. All right. Thank you. Look forward to seeing Thanks you as well. well. Take care. Mm, Have a great bye. day.